0: Thank you for choosing Macabre today. Please remain seated and strap in during the duration of this episode. It's going to be a bumpy ride, and we hope you enjoy your time with us. And remember, listener discretion is advised.
1: You were telling me about that you wanted to get. That was so cute.
0: I love her. And yeah, it goes so, so well. with. The... Yeah. Well, I mean, I wish I was also drinking coffee this morning. <laughs> um yeah, no, I fucking love I got it you and I fit fa-
1: early.
0: No. No, I would have had coffee. You want to know what fucking happened? Um long story short, the bag opening is all messed up. And when I went to pour the grounds in the coffee pot, it fucking went everywhere. <laughs> oh no. So it is currently sitting on my counter with the lid shut because it is full of coffee grounds. Literally everywhere.
1: Oh, I'm sorry.
0: No, it's okay. I, I just have water and we're gonna make do this morning.
1: Hey, what's on your what's on your cup? Skeletor. He's in the sexy pose.
0: <laughs> yeah, I fucking love Skeletor. That is great.
1: You know I used to have the castle
0: when you I was You did? A kid. Castle yeah. Grayskull?
1: Yeah. Dude.
0: Fucking love He-Man. It's such a good time.
1: Yeah, that was a yard sale win. Heck yes. <laughs> We're old.
0: <laughs> Fucking love it anyway.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I have years on YouTube, so.
0: It's okay. And I am a person that, like, shit before my time, so there's, there's that also.
1: <laughs> Should we, um... <laughs> Should we catch listeners up on your recent... Anything? Anything you want to say?
0: Oh, man. Well, um October was <laughs> a roller coaster of a fucking ride. Um, it was for the show, which is fantastic, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, listeners, we are... We're recording a little bit ahead of time, so this episode won't air until December, but we're recording it early November, so we are still riding the high of what you have given us in October, so thank you. We'll talk about that later as well, but um, yeah, in a month span, I think this is the most uh, roller coaster my life has ever been, Um, I went on a family trip, I had a funeral, I had eight birthdays uh, for family and friends, and I got engaged. And then? And then I got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> for the second time. For this fucking second time. Um, the last time I had COVID was in 2021, and I never wanted it to begin with, obviously, but I definitely never wanted it again.
1: Yeah. Well, now you should be good for a yeah. while.
0: I yeah. should be good,
1: so uh, we'll see how this episode goes since you probably haven't had to do a lot of talking no recent so.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I went to a show last night because I've been i i mean i don't I'm not positive or anything anymore. I'm very cautious about that kind of shit. um I've been good to go now for a week, but, um, I went to a show last night and let me tell you, my body pains are still lingering from COVID and, um, I did not go in the pit this time. I couldn't do it. I'm always in the pit.
1: Wise decision, lady.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Especially since at one point, um, they split the pit and decided to do it was a hilarious mosh. Um, it was it was awesome to see from afar <laughs> or like above it, you know. I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, this is great!" But yeah, I'm glad I wasn't in it because I uh, woke up this morning and I um, have bruises from um, the railing I was leaning on. That's that's the quality of my body, right? Now. <laughs> great show though great show uh but yeah so so it's gonna be a
1: morning it's gonna be be a morning morning
0: morning. yeah i apologize for my voice um but we're gonna do it (laughs) Um, so bear with me listeners i'm so sorry we're we're back
1: in the swing of the season now that yeah over so what are you hitting us with today
0: Today we're covering tea, and some of you may know the topic, and some of this uh, may be new to people, and I'm very excited to cover it. It's a little bit of a different take on what we've done so far, but it's a pretty gruesome event, and I think that it needs to be a little bit more out there in the public. And actually, last month in New York, they actually did put up a new memorial for this particular event. And we will talk a little bit about that too. So it is kind of coming back into light for people um, in America, talking about the workforce. T is for Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. It's considered one of the deadliest industrial disasters in the U.S. in U.S. history. And what do you get when you have a building fire with only one fire escape? Death and disaster. Let's talk about that and what life was like in a factory and why the workplace safety exists today. On this episode of Macabre. Thank God for that. Yeah, thank God for that. This is the reason why we have things in place now so if anything good came out of this situation it was that people are more conscious of safety in the workplace now uh some more than others but this is why this is super important we need to we need to go back into the industrial revolution and talk about what the hell that was and how it completely changed how we live today how humans have worked over the centuries has dramatically changed and we used to use rocks and sticks and somehow now we're asking ai how to write a business plan quite the evolution
1: (laughs) (laughs) or how to lose weight or Or how how yeah we're
0: asking ai to do a lot of shit now um, when the Industrial Revolution hit, though, it transformed the societies around the world very quickly, uh, from farming and master crafts to machines and fast manufacturing, forever changing the lives of not just the working class but the way that everyone lives today. It all began in Britain in the 18th century, and from the spread it spread from there worldwide, very quickly. The French were actually the first to coin the term French revolution. French, oh gosh,
1: industrial
0: revolution. Here we go.
1: COVID brain. (laughs) Because we just did Ropes Pierre.
0: We did. That's coming out. Um, So it's really funny that I would put that out there because I still have Ropes Pierre on the brain. But uh, (laughs) um, yeah, the the French were actually the first to coin that term, industrial revolution. But it really didn't catch on until an English economic historian named Arnold Toynbee used the term. And it really just hit off because it described the movement well. And Western parts of Europe and the U.S. didn't see an industrial revolution really take off until the 19th century when things actually really started booming. Um, And India and China, not until the 20th century. Things were shifting to iron and steel, electricity and petroleum, internal combustion engines, and other new machines. And let's talk about a couple of those just to see where these things came from. There was this machine called the Spinning Jenny. And this is a multiple spindle spinning frame that was a major game changer for textile manufacturing. It allowed for more threads to be produced with fewer spindles taking a lot of time out of the stuff, you know. Um, And another one of these inventions for the age was the Bessemer process. And this was invented as a very fast and inexpensive way to produce high quality steel. It removed all of the impurities in the iron by oxidization in the air being blown through the molten iron. Some well-known pieces that come from the Industrial Revolution are as follows as well. The sewing machine, the corn planter, the cotton gin, the steam engine, just to name a few. There's, there's a fucking lot.
1: When you rattle these off, all I can see is like um, the image of what you're saying and then all the tragedy that could possibly yes! go along with that Exactly. machine. I'm like, oh. yep. it's like yeah. a, what's that a series of movies?
0: You know, song.
1: No, well, yeah, but the one where everybody's afraid to drive behind log trucks now.
0: Oh, Final Destination. Yes. Yeah.
1: Final Destination vibe.
0: Can you imagine? Okay, here's an idea to spread out to you listeners if you know some people and uh, if people are just really hurting for movie ideas. Period piece horror really needs to make a prominent effect on the horror culture. Because there's a lot of missed opportunities. There could be a Saw-like movie that takes place in a freaking Industrial Revolution factory. Um, I mean, fuck. There's so many things. (laughs) There's so many things that could be done. Because, oh man, there were so many gruesome injuries and death that came from these machines. There was nothing, absolutely nothing in place for this shit. If something happened to you. I mean, yeah. people died all the time. Oh.
1: well, yeah. So, if you, if you lose a limb,
0: oh, yeah, you're what, done.
1: What, 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 yeah, what are you going to do? They're going to exactly. call
0: 911 and nope. Get the no workman's insurance. comp. Exactly. There's no medical insurance. In fact, if you got hurt on the job yeah. back then, they literally fired you on the spot and well, said, Good say. luck.
1: Yeah. They're like, Yeah. That's exactly what I
0: thought would and happen. And most. Yeah, exactly. And then most bosses wouldn't even come to your aid. You would be lucky if another worker stopped to help you, but then usually that worker would also get fired because they stopped working. I mean, people were pushed to the absolute limits and beyond. Um, So a lot of times people didn't get help and they died on the floor. Um, So... When we think about where we were before the Industrial Revolution, and we look at the machines that were invented at this time, it sounds pretty great on the surface level. You're able to do things more efficiently. In a quicker time, you're able to make more product. Sounds amazing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds too good to be true. It probably is. Exactly. And it must have been an amazing time. Uh, ben grand with all of that tech. But we haven't talked about the working conditions. So we're going to rattle this off before we get into today's topic. Because it's very crucial. We know exactly what kind of conditions these women were working in in this factory. So... In the Industrial Revolution, there's a lot to be said about working conditions at this time. Uh, Women and children worked the same amount of hours and days as men, but only received half of the pay of men. You know, that that goes to say, because, I mean, everybody basically knew that, Um, that will really infuriate. Or infuriate you later when I get into more details. Um, most workers were putting in 12 to 16 hour days. Six days a week. No holidays or vacation. You got one hour for a break every day. That was it. And that was if you were lucky. There weren't any safety precautions put into place in or around machines. Meaning, no matter where you worked, it was really fucking dangerous. Five-year-olds operated machinery. Imagine that. You have kids at home. Are they five? Can you picture them running a mill or any sort of industrial machinery? Yeah, no. You don't uh, even want them to get the milk
1: carton out of the fridge. Yes. To to
0: pour their own milk. Exactly. When I was five, oh, okay, this never changed. I'm fucking clumsy. But when I was five, I literally dropped most things that I held on to. I can't imagine. I would have died. I would have died. Um, Iron workers worked in 130 degree heat uh, Fahrenheit for our European listeners. I'm sorry. That's 130 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, Accidents were basically commonplace. Uh, Many places only use the sun coming through the windows as a light source. And on top of that, there were not a lot of windows in these factories. It was super dusty, dirty, smoky, not a light. Not a lot of light coming in. And it's no surprise that people developed eye and lung problems on top of everything else. And no wonder there was so many accidents. Because to be honest, if you're not really able to see what you're doing, we want to talk about... Um, rat infestations in some of these places. Uh, That was a thing. And some work that children did ended up killing them, not in the matter of when they had the job in the factories, but as an adult in other ways. Like asbestos, Yep.
1: Like exposure, things like that?
0: Yep. That was one thing. Um, Some of those eye and lung problems really coming back to haunt them, lingering. Um, Another really gruesome one was if I mean, if childbirth wasn't already super deadly at this time, um, there was something else that could have killed a woman during birth. Um, Many girls in their youth had jobs of pulling carts of coal constantly all day, which was very awkward and clunky. They didn't really have a good pathway, so they were kind of dragging it from one side. They developed a deformed pelvic bone. Oh my gosh! In this process, not realizing it, growing—you know, growing up. I mean, you're not really thinking about that kind of thing. It comes with pain, obviously, but in situations like these, where girls were developing that deformity, when it came to time to do the whole childbirth thing, um, women weren't able to survive through a deformity like that, and they were unknowingly deformed. Um, I can't. I mean. Fathom,
1: so I'm wondering yeah. what was actually happening. Like, did it make it more shallow? Did it like tilt it the opposite direction?
0: Right, it's a really good question. Um,
1: it was bad, whatever it was. So, it was
0: so bad. Um, enough, I mean, enough of a deformity to really make it a zero chance of living through childbirth. Um, oh, I, I cannot even imagine. Um, children were often left with illness and deformities from their jobs that they had anyway. Uh, It didn't really matter what kind of work they were doing, um, especially since it's so crucial during this time for children to have nutrition and development. And if you're not getting that you're working the way you are, you're not living a long life and you're probably going to have a pretty painful one. Um, Like we were talking about before, you could absolutely forget about medical leave. Uh, You were not allowed to talk with other workers on the job even. Um, For workers who had family outside of town still, um, that still had farms that needed all the help that they could get for harvest time, the workers could not go home to their families and help them unless they didn't want a job when they came back
1: sounds like a terrible time to be alive. Yeah. Again.
0: Yeah, for real. Like, And they were straight up told, like, if you leave, you're not going to have your job. It's um, no wonder
1: that um, women went into, like, sex, you know, sex work. Yeah.
0: World.
1: Because they think about, like, it's terrible to say. I mean, there's a lot, obviously dangers and all of that, but.
0: Right. But at the same time, as weird as it is to say, it almost seems like they had a little bit more freedom Than the people that worked like this in the Industrial Revolution. So, now that we've established how shitty it was to make a living during this time, let's talk about the subject that we talked about in the beginning. The Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. So, this sounds... It's a very long name. And you're probably like, what is this place? Uh, It was a factory that made shirtwaists on the top three floors of the Ash Building on the corner of Green Street and Washington Place in Manhattan, New York. It was owned by Isaac Harris and Max Blank. Many of the employees were young immigrant women from Eastern Europe and Italy. And the space, the space was very cramped and the working conditions, as we just talked about, were absolutely abysmal to say the least. Think about that list I rattled off and then think about it being absolutely worse. So, before we keep going, you might be asking what the hell is a shirtwaist. Um, it was a common American term in the early 19th century for a blouse, women's shirt, and or a bodice of a dress. It was a loose term for a top, basically. What kind of working conditions were these poor ladies dealing with? Uh, the workers worked in a line of sewing machines. They worked every single day, no days off, for 12 hours. And that's 84 hours a week.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Even though there were four elevators in this building that had access to this, the factory floors, each floor that they had... Only one of them actually was fully operational, and it only held 12 people maximum. That's not no. the Titanic ghost. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, yeah, you just wait. This, this uh, episode's going to really make you mad. Uh, there were two stairways that led to outside, but one was completely blocked from the outside to prevent stealing, and the other one had a door that opened inward. That's going to play in later. Uh, Before you ask, there was a fire escape, only one, but it was so narrow that it would have taken these ladies hours to get everybody out. And they absolutely did not have hours, you'll find out. So why was this a tragedy? Well, there was a fire, which wasn't really uncommon when you think about that time. There are fires all the time. Uh, for multiple reasons, which we'll get into. Um, the owners are not my favorite. Um, on the afternoon of Saturday, March 25th, 1911, there were 600 workers having another day at the factory. A fire broke out in a rag bin. A manager did attempt to extinguish the fire with a hose, but was unsuccessful. And you want to know fucking why it was un- ex- oh, no. unsuccessful?
1: What was what
0: was the hose? <clears throat> um, the hose was rotted.
1: Situation. Oh, no.
0: And the valve was completely rusted shut. Great. Yeah. Real quality, people. Real quality. Of course, fire is a fire. You know, if you want to talk like Forrest Gump, fire is as fire does. And unsurprisingly, it kept growing. Panic grew along with the fire. And this is when the chaos really broke out. Workers tried to get out of the building. Groups went to the elevator. The elevator operator was only able to make four trips before it broke down with the increased heat and flames. Oh, my gosh. Terrifying. Yeah. The women who weren't able to make it in those trips fell to their deaths down the shaft to escape the fire. Women who took the stairwells to escape met an awful end to a locked door. Many of them were burned alive because they chose the wrong stairwell. Workers on the floor, the floors above the fire, were able to escape to the roof. Among these workers were the scumbag owners, and they were able to get to the buildings next door in order to escape. We'll talk about the owners in a second because this is where it will really make you angry. But um, to... Continue with the fire. It it happened very quickly. Women who were trapped by the flames within began jumping from the windows to escape it, and their bodies fell onto the fire hoses, making it absolutely slower to try to get this thing taken care of. They did manage to get a life net open eventually, but it tore open when three girls jumped at the same time and they didn't make it. It was over in 18 minutes there were 146 people killed. 49 died from smoke suffocation or burning alive. 36 died from jumping down the elevator shaft. And 58 died from jumping out the windows. Two people that were taken out uh, and gone to the hospitals for their injuries later died because of the incident and how severe their injuries were. So, Needless to say, this was absolutely horrific. And a lot of shit could have been done to prevent this. When you look at the quality of the place that they worked, the conditions, it, it's absolutely insane. Where it really gets more infuriating is where we get to talk about the owners. Well, Blanc and Harris already had a history of factory fires before this incident, as a matter of fact. Lovely. Yeah. Um, In 1902, the factory burned twice, and their Diamond Waste Company factory burned twice in 1907, and then again in 1910. It's clear what they're doing here. Um, Evidence shows that in these cases, they deliberately torch the places before business hours to collect insurance money.
1: Insurance, yeah, that was yep. Too.
0: Mm-hmm. And they weren't the only people that did this in this time. People yeah. all over so common, were doing this right? shit. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely common. Um, it it was so common. It's just I like it's so weird to think about. Oh, I'm just going to torch everything. This wasn't the case though. Uh, oddly enough, for the situation that happened in 1911, but. With the blazes in the past, it was making things uh, seem a little bit worse. Looking more and more sketchy for these pyro pissers. They had always refused insulation of sprinklers when offered. Uh, they never had safety measures in place for any procedure that was done in the factories. They even had policies designed against their own workers. Despite the women working 12-hour days, they were only paid between 7 to $15 a week, which, even for this time, was not good. In 1909, uh, there was a movement. The International Ladies' Garment Workers' Union led a strike, demanding higher wages and shorter hours. Huh, who's fucking surprised? Blanc and Harris's company was one of the only ones that resisted this movement and these fucking asshats hired policemen to put the women who were involved with the strike in jail they even paid off politicians to turn a blind eye to the sketchy shit that they were doing to be honest if one of my former coworkers was around during this time they would have been in league with these micropeens <laughs> i i once worked for a really great fucking company and i'm not gonna (laughs) do
1: not be named
0: (laughs) yeah they will not be named they don't deserve my time they can go get fucked by a smoldering piece of timber since they love fire so much pieces of absolute garbage blanc and harris were all right listeners it's it's time to pause the episode to grab something to punch because if you weren't angry before you're really gonna get really pissed off now uh Blanc and Harris were put on trial for manslaughter charges for the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire, as you should, you know. Despite the plethora of condemning evidence, the grand jury decided that they weren't guilty. They had to be liable. I mean, even if it wasn't for, uh, you know, manslaughter, as the owners and being so neglectful of everything, they were fucking guilty of that.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the situation where they were paying people in power to... Oh, yeah. ...get them off the hook.
0: Absolutely. And to make matters worse, in order to settle other lawsuits, they paid sums to each victim's families, which at least they did that. But you want to know how much... Yeah. yeah. Oh, guess this. For each person, they paid their families $75. And you want to know what their insurers paid... The owners for each victim, $400.
1: So they made a profit.
0: Oh yeah, a major profit. 146 deaths. Insurers paid out 400 for each victim, and they only gave the families $75. Oh yeah.
1: Well, if there is a hell, hopefully they're burning in it.
0: Oh yeah, I hope that timber stick is real sharp for them. Mm-hmm. It should be, oh, oh, I have a lot of words. I'm a little pissed off. I will keep the rest of those thoughts to myself on those two. They can, they can just go get fucked. <laughs> um, so that is the tragedy of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. It was so quick. It did so much damage. And unfortunately, this was not the only incident of workplace disasters. It was just one of the biggest. And it really did make an impact across America when this did happen. And the only good thing to really come out of this is what we now have in place for work conditions. And they are constantly evolving. There are even like businesses that work on working conditions and are constantly involving it. This is how catastrophic this event was. And it really opened a lot of people's eyes. This had been the first major impact on America since the major reform. Um, This was just unheard of. And to have so many needless deaths for something that could have absolutely been prevented in the most simple way possible Opening up the fucking door, first of all, Um, having a ratio of how many employees versus how many exits, how many people are working in a line, how many people are on one floor. I mean, this stuff in nowadays is just common sense. And we we should be very grateful for what we have today, because honestly, I could not imagine working in a factory like that back then. No, yeah, lucky me, I get to work from home. Yeah, me too. You think about that now, that's such a cushy job. And it's, it's easy to get wrapped up because, yes, jobs are really stressful. No matter what you do, they are stressful. But try to think about the situation the next time things get a little hairy at work because you might have a lot of emails that you need to get back to. I'm not calling you out. I'm calling myself out. <laughs> about the work I do I get so flustered at some stuff at work That there's so many things that I can't get done There's just not enough time in the day Just think about What this was You could be in a factory right now Because yeah. honestly Some factories still are not Ideal When you, Around the world um, we, we are very lucky So Count your lucky stars every once in a while Listeners because It could have been like this for you at one point. Um, Luckily now, uh, the Factory Investigation Commission was created shortly after this incident, and they started making some major changes, which was only beneficial. So something really great to come out of that. On April 5th of that same year of the incident, a march took place in New York on Fifth Avenue, to protest working conditions because people were seeing it and people knew they were experiencing it and they had had enough over eighty thousand people attended and people listened for once which is amazing so let's talk about some closing thoughts and let's talk about why we did this topic today and why it's relevant now this of course was one of the most famous industrial disasters in american history The saddest part about this, besides the 146 lives lost in this fire, was that this could have been prevented. And the incident, the deaths, all of it, it could have been prevented. These deaths are a direct result of the lack of safety features and locked doors. The only good to come from the horrific tragedy is that it opened people's eyes in this time to the true dangers of what working conditions truly were during the Industrial Revolution. People were finally seeing the problem, and because of this, laws and restrictions were passed to protect the health and safety of workers. Fast forward to last month in October, on October 11th, the New York Times published a story on the memorial they put up in remembrance of the 146 victims of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. Prior to this year, there was only a bronze plaque in place stating what happened. This new memorial is just outside the building that once held the factory. And among the spectators were descendants of some of the victims. And I did take some quotes from the article um, just talking about some of these descendants. Quote, It is gratifying for all the family members of those who died in this tragic fire to know that through the memorial, this and future generations will learn about the fire and its significance in labor history, Suzanne Predbass Bass said during the dedication ceremony, which drew a crowd of hundreds. Two of her great-aunts worked at the factory, and one of them, Rosie Weiner, died in the fire, End quote. Another quote comes from Erica Lancer, 65, who attended the ceremony with her cousins. She said that it was a great honor to see their great-aunt Fanny Lancer's name etched on the memorial and to know that that was not only a victim, but also part of a legacy of change in labor history and fire regulations. Her great-aunt, an immigrant from Lithuania, helped bring other women to safety before the elevator stopped working, Miss Lancer said. She jumped to her own death once it became clear to her that there was no escape. So... It's so sad. Rob Del Costello, 57, was there on Wednesday to honor his great-aunt Josie, who had come from Sicily and was just 20 years old when she died in the fire. It is incredibly poignant and compelling, he said of the memorial. It's also a reminder that although we've come a long way as far as workers' rights go, in some respects, we still have a very long way to go. End quote. Woof! What a topic to cover this morning. Yeah, he we went. went we, we got we, dark and heavy. It very got dark. Early in the yeah, morning. it really did. Who? I I probably needed coffee for that one.
1: I was thinking to myself, the most <laughs> dangerous thing about working from home is how
0: close I am to the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. You think about all the snacks in there. Yep. Do the drive-by charcuterie board, yes. you know.
1: <laughs> that is one thing I always have on hand, always, always.
0: Yes. Dang it. I love yeah. a charcuterie board. It's so good.
1: <laughs> we always end up here.
0: <laughs> we do. Hey, that's okay. We need to make it a little bit light, you know.
1: Oh, sometimes
0: it's just a charcuterie board can make it better.
1: Well, what do you think about... We should probably kind of let listeners know what we have coming up. I know we've got. Um, we were talking about doing a special episode. Yeah. For the letter X. Yeah. Which will be done. I think that'll be that'll air early in the year, the new year.
0: Yes, I think, so. I think it lands on our around our anniversary time. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because of yeah. what we plan on doing. So yeah, let's talk about that. Um, before we wrap up today's episode, listeners, um, we have some really exciting announcements for you. Before we say goodbye, so without further ado, I know we, <laughs> I know we talked about it in the beginning of the episode, but first of all, this again, this is our first time recording since October ended, and we just want to say thank you. You guys have been sharing your stories with us and personal messages, and it, it really means the world to us. We are blown away by the responses that we've gotten. We did not expect this level at this point in our show because we're still so brand new. And also, your costumes were freaking epic.
1: Yes. Uh, speaking of, I did reach out to the winners uh, to get addresses to send out those little gifts. Yes, and then I think you and I might even do a little something offline. Of course, they'll already know about it at that point. This airs, but um, yeah, have a thought on that. And then, yeah, so um, still trying to get those reviews.
0: Yep, exactly. So um, would be immensely helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, keep growing the show so we can continue to do this stuff. Um, we have a lot. That we have to talk about. We we have got we've got a lot going on, um, more than we thought we were going to have at this time, and we we have you guys to thank for that. So thank you so much. Um, not only for making October special, but for making every episode special because you guys are freaking delivering, and we freaking love you to pieces. And as Hallie. Was teasing you with the idea a little bit uh, earlier on Uh, We are working on some things that will give us the opportunity to engage with you guys more One of those things Is Episode content Yes, we're going to talk about the anniversary thing at the end I I like the suspense Um, Episode content, yes, that's right It's official, my friends As some of you may know, our Hometown Macabre episodes are topics that you write in about. And that's why we encourage you to continue to write in topics because we cover things that you want to hear. We don't want to just honor you with the Hometown Macabre episodes, though. We have decided to do something a little bit different as well in the alphabet episodes. Going forward, obviously we haven't had one yet, but we're making it happen now, and we want to give you enough time to really write them in. Our why episodes are going to be why is for you pick. So send us your requests, and we will hold a drawing and announce the topics on the Facebook page. Keep them coming. If you have multiple, that's totally fine. Um... We want to do a topic that you guys write in about. So that will be what we do. Um, we're working on, always, 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 we're working on bonus content for Patreon, more hometown macabres at this moment. So keep sending your topics in. Um, we are also going to have a very interesting episode for X. So X Is going to be for our origin story. And that will be coming out. Like Hallie was saying. It's going to be earlier next year. Um, We are going to be talking. About how we met. And why we're doing this crazy thing.
1: All the crazy stories that we have. About our experiences. With the supernatural. Paranormal. Mm -hmm. How that led us to. Know each other. Yep. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. We might even bring in some special guests to help facilitate that as well.
0: Yeah. Be on the lookout. I know a couple of our listeners might already have an idea of who that could be, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it's going to be a blast. I, I am so excited for that episode. Um, I, and I can't then, wait. And then I, I, Last but not least, um,
1: this episode was actually sponsored by one of our listeners.
0: Yes. I'm not
1: going to say her last name. I'm not sure she wants me to say her last name, but um, her name is Susie. And Susie is a badass. And since we were talking about women, badass women, I thought, you know, why not? She's sponsoring this episode. And if you're into, like, dark photography and dark, like crafty things you know mm-hmm. like, and plus you know the holidays are right around the corner so um Susie has a shop uh called Dark Delights and we'll post a link and she also has some really amazing prints of like this is gonna sound crazy but I mean this is macabre uh body part like yeah gallery type photography of body part uh I think a lot of it was taken from that exhibit the body exhibit. Mm-hmm.
0: So, It's, it's really like incredible work.
1: It's not like crime scene photos. People. No, no, <laughs> no, no. But really cool stuff. So yeah. shout out to Susie. We'll post links in the uh, show notes so that way you can check out the shop.
0: If Absolutely. Some
1: dark, dark art, dark gifts for your macabre friends. Um, definitely go check that out.
0: Yeah. She does some really incredible work. Thank you so much, Susie. We really appreciate you. We love you. We love you. That is a wrap. Um, thank you again, everybody, for continuing on. What you're doing? Thank you for listening.
1: Us. We, we love you.
0: We love you. And thank you for making spooky season incredible. Of course, here at Macabre, spooky sp- season never dies. And as always, have fun, be safe, and uh, ta-ta for now. This episode of macabre was brought to you today by the Akimu. Remember to ask your Mesopotamian doctor today. Four out of five doctors do recommend this. You may be susceptible to becoming an Akimu if you do not check out the macabrepod.com website. Email them at that's so macabre at gmail.com. Join them on Instagram, their Facebook group, or not join them as a Patreon member. You could definitely be susceptible to becoming an Akimu. You can also be susceptible to becoming a Kimu. if you forget to rate or review this podcast. And if you forget to show your love and appreciation for the ladies of macabre. Thank you.